Welcome to episode 86 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast, just like the rest of them, is sponsored by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. You want to know a secret about Omnipod that's not that much of a secret? It rocks. In this episode, I talked to Joanne. Joanne is Adeline's mom. Adeline was about a year and a half old when she was diagnosed and very, very new to it when we had this conversation. This conversation happened many, many, many months ago. But we sat right then and there on the podcast and talked about how to help her with injections and um, and to make her way through the, the beginnings of, of living with type 1 diabetes. This ended up being very instructional, this episode. So now's a good time to mention that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. All right. Basil snored. That must mean to start the podcast. Here comes Joanne. This is going to kill me this episode. Joanne? I'm there. Joanne, so much is trying to stop me from talking to you. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm sorry. Not, uh, I said so many things are trying to intercede and stop me from talking to you in the last five minutes. I think a meteor is about to fall on my head. Oh, so. let's not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Do- dogs... My, my wife is overseas for work, and I haven't heard from her in, you know, I don't know, probably a day and a half. And I, I say to you, are you ready? You say yes. Then she starts texting me. Hey, I'm in Denmark. And I'm like, hi. Oh, no. Now's when you text. Welcome. Give me a call later if you want to so you can chat with your wife. Not at all. I've known her for like 25 years. It's fine. We, oh, okay. She and I can talk later. <laughs> um, she's going to call me after dinner, which she's very excited to get to because she just left Sweden where they mostly had fish, and she just doesn't like fish. So oh, no. <laughs> I think she's very hungry. Is what <laughs> she said, I'm going to dinner. We're having Italian. I have to go. And I was like, yeah. it's like you go get your Italian. And on top of that, I'm text- testing um, or texting Art, and her blood sugar is kind of drifting low. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, you have some fruit snacks. If you ate them now, we'd be ready for lunch. And then she, you know, she answers me and doesn't answer me. And she's like, I'm in the middle of something in science class. And I'm like, eat the fruit snacks. And then she doesn't answer me. And then I'm like, did you eat the fruit snacks? Like 10 minutes later. She goes, no, I forgot. I said, well, now uh-huh. we need now we need to test. And you're going to have to drink a little juice. Because she was like down by like, she was like 62. And I don't really mind her being 62. She feels fine. But right. she's got to have, we have to pre-bowl for lunch in 20 minutes. So. So I'm like, now drink half a juice. She's like, I hate the juice. And I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. (laughs) I'm like typing. I look forward to. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm like typing loudly. I'm like, you just eat the juice. (laughs) So um, she's like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to get on a podcast. Now mom's texting me. The dog has decided that he's heard something up the street he wants to bark at. I was like, just drink the juice. (laughs) So um, anyway. How are you? I am great. It's excellent. <laughs> so I'm not as busy as you, but you know. Well, only for six minutes. Prior exactly. to that, the, the two the two hours before that, I was just compiling data for prospective advertisers for the podcast, and I was just sending an email and everything. Nobody bothered me once in those two hours. I could have spread, nice and calm. Uh, I could have I could have spread those things out. All right, Joanne. I am going to. Um, <laughs> Gonna smack myself in the head with a book. Uh, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself, and then we're gonna talk about uh, what you reached out about for the podcast. Okay. Go ahead. 
All right. My name is Joanne Bond. I'm a new mom with a new superstar who is a type 1 diabetic. She is only 17 months. And I have reached out just in regards to the situation of being a new mom and everything that I have partaken in and I'm still partaking in. And the confusion, being lost, being somewhat alone and just not knowing where do I begin, where do I start, who do I turn to. I just figured it would be a great topic to chat about. It absolutely would. So so you are like a new mom as in this is your first baby, not like I've just had like my fourth kid or something like that. Absolutely. Okay, first so, baby. <laughs> so you made a baby and it came out with a busted pancreas. And so <laughs> that's fine. Listen, worse things. So so um, are we going to say your, your baby's name? I'm sorry. Adeline is her name. Adeline. Okay. And so she's born 17 months ago? Absolutely. Uh, yep. Okay. And how far into Adeline's life was she diagnosed? Uh, eight weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. This, this is all right then. Okay. Let's get to it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we are literally a newly diagnosed baby. I, this is my first podcast where someone was sitting on a, a window ledge, literally. So... <laughs> <laughs> Eight I weeks. honestly say that I feel like I'm sitting on the couch compared to a window ledge. The where I personally feel, if I were to compare it in a room, I'd be on the couch. You'd be on the couch. So you're, are you feeling pretty comfortable eight weeks? Oh in? my gosh! You know, I honestly don't know what has come over me, but I, I, I feel confident. I feel like I've had this problem for more than two years. Wow! And how much? How do you think you got to it so quickly? Like, how I do you have. think you got? How do you think you? Let's call it the couch. Because right now we're not sure if it's the couch syndrome. Maybe you're not as comfortable as you hope you are, or maybe you're just super comfortable and you got this comfort through. I mean, where'd you find? Where did you find enough information that in eight weeks you're feeling confident? You know, I don't know that I would. It could be the couch syndrome, but I am not scared one bit. I don't have those moments where it's like, okay, what am I doing wrong? It's more of a right. How am I going to fix this? You know, I'm gonna. I know how to get her out of it. I know how to correct. I know those things. I still have so much to learn. I mean, there's vocabulary and things that people say, such as, you know, pre-bolusing. I Googled bolus. I don't know how many times. And I was like, I don't know what bolus is. And I felt like I was so lost. Why do people keep saying bolus? So, so, <laughs> so you have joined. So what you have is a confidence. Exactly. All right. Listen, that sounds, that's a good place to start is with confidence. And, and so you've had experiences that you've, that you've been able to adjust and, and make right. And you're seeing, you're seeing history for yourself, even just in eight weeks, this happens. I do this, that happens. It's and, exactly right. Okay. Uh-huh. Good for you. And, and are you using any of the um, advanced technologies at the moment? We have a Dexcom on her arm now, and I know it's supposed to be on the backside or her stomach and it, it does done great. But I mean, just last night she said, she didn't technically say, but she showed me that it was bothering her like crazy. So we tried a new location, and it's on our arm today. But so, yeah. So I would always direct people to. Um, I have a blog post up that's been there for a long time. I think it's called. So you think your child's too lean for a insulin pump or glucose monitor or something mm-hmm. like that? I'll have to put mm-hmm. a link in the show notes to it. And it's it's a photograph of uh, Olympic skier Chris Freeman, who was a past podcast guest, wearing his. Omnipod and his like on his pectoral and his Dexcom on his ab, and this man has uh, my desk has more body fat than Chris Freeman has. So, (laughs) 
So I know where the FDA says you're supposed to put these devices, but mm -hmm. people have a lot of success putting them in other places and good for mm -hmm. you for, uh, see, again, see, that's a real, like, you're like a real new world D-mom because, because, because of the information you can get online and things you can see, like pictures of, you know, skiers with, with their Dexcoms on their, on their abs and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. You can go, look, okay, people did this. It worked for them. I can try it too. You can have a little more confidence. Whereas mm -hmm. I think when my daughter was first diagnosed, if somebody would have told me anything different than what a doctor told me, I would have been like, no, no, the doctor said. And 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 I would have been scared to move, but you weren't. So what, what is, let's find out what's special about you. Why are you not scared? Did you grow up like... Were you the kid who was like talking back to your parents constantly and didn't listen to your teachers and like, are you just not scared of anybody? Is this okay? I'm just totally laughing out loud at that because you might have it like right dead on. Okay, so <laughs> you just don't listen to people, Joanne. That's what I I'm was. <laughs> I was that middle child that I always kept to myself and I was always excelling and I've always had a strong confidence. But I'm not going to lie, there was a lot of times where I wasn't as confident. But you have to just find that strength. And I think with this situation specifically, I have become a whole new person and my outlook on life. And I have a cousin um, whose daughter was diagnosed at six years old. So she reached out to me and she was talking to me and her, the words, and I'll never forget it. She just said to me, Joanne, you have no choice. This is what you got to do. You can't say I can't. You can't say I don't know how. You're going to learn and you're going to do it. You have no choice. And it's just ringing constantly of like, if I ever have a doubt, which is very rarely, I got to figure it out. I think that's excellent advice. It really is. I mean, you, you, you do hear, you know, what, what do people hate to hear when you say to somebody, oh, my kid has type 1 diabetes. Oh, you have to give them that shot. I couldn't. And people say, oh, I could never do that. Well, of course you could. You know, it's, mm -hmm. have you ever see the movie 27 hours where the climber cuts off his own like appendage to get out? No, I've seen, I've heard of you it. You know I what I'm talking about. It. So if, totally you ask, if you ask me right now, Scott, could you ever cut off your hand? I'd say, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Right until you smash it in between two rocks and I'm going to die in a, in a cavern. Then I can cut my hand off. And so, absolutely. <laughs> and that really is the, that, that really is the, the whole thing, but you embraced it very quickly. I mean, eight weeks is, I'm going to tell you a story that. A few months into my daughter's diagnosis, she's diagnosed when she's two, and this is, gosh, almost 10 years ago. Um, a few months into it, I had like this pattern down at bedtime that was working, and I should be making air quotes because it was kind of, you know, I didn't have any technology. Trust me, working meant she didn't die while she was asleep. It wasn't really, it, her blood sugars weren't great or anything like that, but I was getting through the night, I felt like. And my wife comes home very late one night from work. She'd worked very late, and she brought some like food home with her at like nine o'clock. And Arden's like, I want some. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I had her ready for bed. <laughs> and I went in, I got in the shower, like out of a bad 80s movie and cried in the shower for like 20 minutes and then got back out and dried off and walked back in the living room because I was just so, I was that overwhelmed at that point. Y you know, yeah. um, to be fair, I didn't have a Dexcom that might have made things a little easier. Um, I'm still hesitant about the Dexcom. Really? I love it. We were just doing so well. I mean, for her, even eight weeks in, she, you say, can I have your finger? And she gives me your hand. Yeah, she might be a lot like you, maybe. Maybe she, she's... she's the biggest superstar. And I mean, I live by this motto now of we've got this. She's got it. I got this. 
Are you honeymooning? Do you need much insulin? I mean, how how no. much does she weigh? She can't weigh very much, right? Uh, 21 pounds. Okay. So you're not using a ton of insulin to begin with. She's probably honeymooning no. like to some degree, I would imagine. Nope. There's no honeymooning. Oh, here. no? You're, oh, you're, gosh, no. Yeah, everything's getting covered with insulin already. You know, she's still been in the 400s for her levels. Um, you know, we've seen a couple 600s still. And then she'll hit 65. Like last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, we woke up at 65. I mean, we are all over the place. Was she 65 and falling or was she pretty steady at 65? Uh, She was falling. Okay. Um, There's not a whole lot of steady right now. If we live, if, if we live a day with a steady, it's a steady 300. Okay. So what's the difference between steady 300 and lower and steady? Is it your basal rates? I have no idea. See, this comes into the idea of where I am still lost. I'm still learning. Okay. So all you, that I know is that the doctor says, you know, hey, let's treat this. And I'm already going out on whim and giving her, we're not um, on a pump. So I give her her insulin after she eats. Okay. Um, so we do the carb ratio prior to, you know, how much this is what we're giving her and how much is she going to eat? Well, I've already know what my daughter's going to eat. So I'm giving her insulin prior to like she will with the pump. Good, good. So I'm already going out on whim and doing that against doctor wishes, but I know she's going to get there to that point. So why not just try it out? And it's helped tremendously. If your doctor's blood sugar is 400, they'd want their insulin sooner too. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So let's think, let's, you want to talk about this a little bit? Like, like absolutely. Methods? Let's do it. Let's talk about <laughs> methods. Okay. So why don't we say it right here, Joanne? Ready? Can you say it yet? Do you listen to the podcast enough or do I have to say it? Nothing uh-huh. you hear on the juice box podcast. It should be considered advice, <laughs> medical or otherwise. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about your kid and what, what we can do here. So, okay, injections makes it a little more challenging because you can't just push a button and it, exactly. it involves a needle and everything. But okay. Um, okay, so first thing, slow-acting insulin. You're injecting it once every 24 hours? Correct, every night before she goes to bed. Let's inject it twice every 12 hours, half that amount. So how much are you injecting when she goes to bed? Three units of Lantus. So do a unit and a half at night and a unit and a half in the morning. You might get even more even coverage of the Lantus that way. I wouldn't tell you that I know anything about Lantus. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But I can tell you that a very, very long time ago, before the internet was what it was, I stumbled upon a board where pharmaceutical salespeople, um, it was kind of like a, a great board for pharma salespeople. And I stumbled into this thread where, and I don't remember which slow acting insulin they were talking about, but one of them said, I feel bad telling doctors that our slow acting insulin lasts 24 hours when we know it only lasts 18. And then I split my insulin, my slow acting insulin for my daughter, right? Right then and there. I'm not the only person to do that. A lot of people would tell you that they do that. So instead of three, three units or whatever you're doing, uh-huh. you know, if somebody's listening and they do 10, instead of doing that amount once a day, Every about 12 hours to half and half. And then you should get a a more even coverage because these slow-acting insulins, they collect under your skin in a crystal and they just kind of melt away slowly. Hmm. And sometimes they melt away faster than they're supposed to. And then you, so when you, sometimes when you see a low blood sugar for no reason, when you're on a slow-acting insulin, it could be because your Lantus or Levomir or whatever you're using just kind of made you a little lower. Um, 
because it worked faster. When it works faster, it uses itself up, and then at some point down the line, it's gone when you still need it before you've injected more. So that might help me with the benefit of the fact that she's been dropping, because we've been starting to maintain her lately, but she's been dropping every night. I've had to wake up in the middle of the night and get her, you know, four ounces of milk. It absolutely could be maybe maybe six or so hours or whatever you're, wherever uh-huh. you're seeing that drop maybe into it. Maybe it's burning a little quicker right then and there for, for some reason. So it's worth a shot. Interesting. Okay. And, awesome. Uh, so that's a little better. Now we can't manipulate like we can with, are we thinking about a pump? Um, yeah. Omnipod. Uh, you know, she's such a all over the place child that a cord would be definitely no fun. So we're going for the Omnipod. I'm going to break right here and put the ad in later. So this episode was recorded about six months ago, but I've kept in touch with Joanne since then, and Adeline is using the Omnipod now, and she's loving it. You could be too. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo. Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo pod. Once you've decided that you'd like to use the Omnipod, they'll help you with your insurance company, get the whole thing switched over, and before you know it, you are gonna receive a care package in the mail full of insulin pumps, little pods, PDMs, all kinds of great stuff to get your life going with tubeless insulin pumping. It's not that hard to switch. I know sometimes new things seem like they require a lot of effort, but this is not one of them. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo. You're well on your way. The next thing you know, you could be just like Adeline, toddling along with your tubeless insulin pump, kicking diabetes square in the butt, having great blood sugars, being stable. You know, I can't tell you enough. It's fantastic. It really is. It just, it genuinely, genuinely is. It is a huge part of how I manage my daughter's type 1 diabetes every day. And it is, it, it's wonderful. I mean, that that's the end of it. You got to do it. You have to. If you're using a tube pump now, think about switching. If you're doing injections, you know, take it to the next level. Get in a situation where you can eat three carbs and give yourself insulin. It sounds crazy, but it, sometimes that's the difference between an 85 blood sugar and a 110 blood sugar. And, you know, over time, that's how I, A1Cs add up. Put yourself in a position to do the best that you can for yourself. I mean, that, that really is um, how I feel about this whole diabetes thing. Just attack it. No better weapon to have in your pocket when you're attacking diabetes than an Omnipod. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to get started today. Once you get to a pump and you can manipulate the basal rates more, I was just telling somebody yesterday that after my last couple of episodes where I was talking with uh, Dana and Scott about their DIY pancreas, Mm -hmm. uh, artificial pancreas, I'm even trying to think about basal rates more specifically than I have in the past. You know, like one of them made that statement like, you know, that the the artificial pancreas knows when to titrate up or down your 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 basal rate and that so much of that how how a steady blood sugar is is on that kind of rotating like i don't know not rotating but but an ever moving basal not just setting it or having a couple per day but having it move around a lot Mm -hmm. i don't know how to make myself into an artificial pancreas but i've been paying more attention to it but for now okay let's try to (laughs) let's try to split your slow acting for now now okay let's go through a normal day wake up in the morning and we're going to eat breakfast. Where's our blood sugar? Normally what we are waking up to is about 300 right now. Only because, well, I guess I should take that out just because the last couple of days, heart dairy, I have found as a new mom with trial and error, dairy is just a major spiker. Mm-hmm, I sure. cannot do whole milk. 
I mean, four ounces last night at 12.30 put her in the 300s when she woke up at six today. Okay, so let's we'll start there then. 12.30, what's her blood sugar, and you give her the milk? She was at 62. Okay, and you gave her four ounces. Four ounces of whole milk. Okay, so I don't know how many carbs are in four ounces of whole milk, but... Well, there is um, 12 carbs and eight ounces, so it's only six. Six, okay. So... Here, here's the here's the the real like here's one of the leaps you have to make if you're going to control spikes right mm-hmm. you have to be able to bolus while you're covering a low that's the and if you have a dexcom you can do it so my example would be that even though a couple of months ago when Arden's blood sugar got down to thirty and was falling in the middle of the night when she took in like sixty carbs for that. I bolused for 40 of those carbs after her blood sugar stabilized. Mm, okay. Because there, there are times that it's like, I want to give her insulin when I know what milk does to her, right. but I need to raise it. So I'm like, do so, you give her this just to get her up? Yeah. Or I give her insulin too. <laughs> so don't, so don't think of it as like what the milk does. Think of it like this. You have to, if you don't, you need to trust that the insulin's going to do what the insulin's going to do, except sometimes it might do more or less than you expect. Mm-hmm. But you really need to, at the same time, you have to accept that carbs are going to do what they're going to do, with the mm-hmm. exception of when they don't. But for the most part, they do. So if she's 64 and you gave her, you know, four ounces of milk and it moved her to 300, the first thing I would tell you is that I bet you next time you should just give her one ounce of milk because you're really just trying to get her back to 90, right? Yes, and what I have found is I have done half and half at night and morning, half almond milk and half whole milk. Mm-hmm. You just anything, right? Like just to bump yep. it because it's not a she's not hungry. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to bump the blood sugar. Exactly. You, you can't shut off your basil because you don't have a pump yet. Um, yeah. But but like you know, if Arden was 64 last night, I would have maybe shut off her basil for a half an hour and given her. The equivalent of maybe a half of a juice box, which the juice box I use is like 15 carbs. So I would have been right there and I would have expected her blood sugar to hopefully get up into like the 80s or 90s. You know, it stinks about my daughter. She doesn't like juice. Well, yeah, milk's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm saying milk's fine too. Arden uses milk sometimes too. I, with juice boxes but it's just, it's cool. hard for me because how much I see her spike with, with that milk. Right. It's like, I want to give her honey but when i'm waking her up in the middle of the night and making her drink milk she's sleeping while she's doing this right, i right. guarantee you she has no idea she's awake no arden doesn't remember most of what happens yeah <laughs> i was like, like you know you were low last night and she's like no i was like <laughs> i was like you ate a banana she's like i did <laughs> <laughs> and then and then so um but but yeah i would the, my first thought for you right there is you have a dexcom 64 right Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on a second. While we're talking about blood sugars, here's Arden texting about her uh, about her lunch. You mind if we do? You want to do a blood sugar nope. together with me at lunch? Okay. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> she says pre-lunch. I say hey. Hey gives me time to look at her Dexcom. Dexcom says 79 diagonal up. So the half of juice that I gave her for the 62 20 minutes ago is in full swing. And I am going to tell her this. She wants to know if she can throw the rest, of the rest of the juice away. She didn't drink. I say yes. Now, temp basil. Let's call it, it's all just my vibe about how our blood sugar's been. Let's call temp basil 60% increase for two hours. Now, she's 72 diagonal up right now. She had uh, about, six, um, you, about six carbs worth of juice about 20 minutes ago. And then we are going to bolus... Hmm, what was in that lunch? Watermelon, 
chips, carrots, sandwich, chocolate chip cookie homemade, something else, something else, a juice box. What do we think that is? Let's call it eight units. What the hell, huh? <laughs> okay, so bolus, eight units, extend. So I'm going to break up the bolus. Let's do 50% now. And the balance of it over a half an hour. So that means four units will go in now. The other four units will go in over the next 30 minutes. And I've increased her basal rate by 60% for two hours to cover the spike that usually comes 90 minutes after lunch this year. She is going to say, yes, she understands. Okay. I say, love you. She may make fun of me or say, love you back. And then this is over. Let's say. Okay, we've gotten off the beaten path for you, but let's get back to the milk. Arden's all. But I'm not going to say this. this is actually kind of on my beaten path of me as a new mama listening to every single one of that. I'm just like, what? <laughs> okay, ready? I'm sitting here saying, uh, can I do that? I'm on I- the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, wait. So, okay, so here's what I did, right? No, so, I get everything you did. Yeah. Don't have to do that yet. And I am one of those people that let me do it. And I got this. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So a lot of what I just accomplished, I can't, you can't do without the pump. You can't split the bolus. You gotta visually see it. Right. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't split a bolus. You can't give four units incrementally over 30 minutes. You can't, uh, you know, you can't turn up your Landis. Like, Uh so I basically just turned up her slow acting insulin, her Landis, which she doesn't use anymore, but you know, her, her basal rate. Right. And I gave her enough insulin to get that 72 to level off. 15 minutes from now around 90 and then start dropping about 25 minutes from now so that as her food's really starting to affect her, her blood sugar should level out uh-huh. right around 100 somewhere a half an hour from now. And you and I will still be talking a half an hour now so we can test that theory. Cool. Okay. So first thing I would say to you is that last night, if you did four ounces of milk, I would have done one ounce of milk. I would have waited 15 minutes and saw, see what happens. Unless she's sixty-four, two down, and then I would have probably panicked and let her drink all the milk. But but um, but if you're just sixty-four and with like a, were you diagonal down or what? What, what was the Dexcom when you were at the sixty-four last night? Here comes the honesty. I don't remember. All I remember is my Dexcom telling me we're low. Beep beep beep. So I woke up, I went straight, and I tested her, and she was at sixty-four. Okay. I didn't look at the double arrows. I didn't do anything. I just said, okay, she's low. Let's treat it. So the sixty-four is meaningful but if it's 64 and steady if you looked at that graph and she's been 64 for a ha- an hour or a half hour then you need very little to bump her to 90 if, right. she, if she's 64 and diagonal down straight down two hours mm-hmm. down then you probably need twice as much to because okay. then you have to stop the fall and then by the time the fall stops you have to bring it back up again mm-hmm. so that that's one thing so probably last night you needed less milk but what happens? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a guess here. What what's your high threshold on the Dexcom? When's it tell you you're high? <laughs> I have it set to 400. Ah, okay. So <laughs> let's just throw the Dexcom away. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Throw it away. You don't want it. And so I'm gonna laugh. I laugh at it because people always and I you know I join Facebook groups and I post on how excited I am and people comment about where my settings are and I'm like eh. 
yeah, I have it really high because I don't need my phone going off. I don't need the Dexcom going off constantly because I know she's going to hit over 400 at Joanne, night. Joanne, I'm about to save you. Ready? What? You're thinking about it wrong. I am? Yes. Ready? You need to know way before then so you can do something about it. You're, you're, okay. you're accepting she's going to 400. I'm telling you, if you set your high threshold lower, she'll never go over 200. Yeah, but how do I get to correct that when I can only give her insulin after she eats? Well, technically, I can go. I, I don't okay. have a problem giving it prior to eating, but she's not on a pump. You're going to correct with a needle. And then you're going to learn from that, and then you're not going to get high again. Here we go. We're going to talk about it. Right. So first of all, so now we go into a meal idea. I understand she's little and it's tough, but you are giving her insulin prior to her eating. Like you've got a good feeling for how much she eats, right? So you're not too scared to give it a little before. Plus you can see the Dexcom. So like I would say this, if I could see her prior to a meal and she was 150 and I was fairly confident that she was going to eat, I don't know, a certain amount of carbs that would require a certain amount of insulin – I'd, I'd be comfortable giving her that insulin, you know, I know she's little, but 10 minutes before she eats because what you want is hopefully that 150 to be more like 100 and, and, mm -hmm. and drifting down when she starts to eat. So the fight between the food and the insulin's happening around mm -hmm. 100 and not at 250, right? So like here's my next, you know, struggle as a new mama is finding out the foods. You know, I really have found that Protein has been a good balancer. I don't even know if that's right, but I feel like having protein at every one of her meals, she doesn't spike as high as if she didn't have protein. But that's good. But at the same time, if you get the insulin in sooner, uh -huh. then your findings are going to end up being different too. Really? So, yeah, okay. So, so, so first of all, and, and a lot of it's to do with what her blood sugar is prior. If she was 60 when you gave her a meal, I'd let her start eating. And then after five or 10 minutes of eating, I'd give her the insulin. If she was 160 before the meal, I'd give her all the insulin 10 minutes before and, okay. and then let her start eating because I'm hoping that her blood sugar is around 100 and falling when the food starts to go in. So I just think of it as like a, a tug of war, right? The insulin's on mm -hmm. one side, the carbs are on the other. Mm -hmm. And if you give one of them too much of a head start, you're never going to get it back to the middle again. So most of this is understanding how the insulin works. If you're too high, you've either mistimed or miscalculated how much insulin you need. And if you're okay. too and if you're too low, you've either mistimed or miscalculated how much insulin you need. So okay. it's a lot about understanding how long the insulin takes to work in your daughter. Mm -hmm. And then it usually takes about twenty minutes. And giving that insulin at a right time based on her blood sugar. If my kid if my daughter is two hundred and mm -hmm. we're gonna eat in a half an hour, I, I would give her her entire mealtime bolus almost a half an hour before we ate, hoping be that she'd be, be ninety two. by the time we ate. Okay, I like that. Right? So here's what's happening to you. You're going up after a meal, and you're not being, you're, you're not being told about it. You have the Dexcom, but the Dexcom's not telling you anything. So mm -hmm. by the time she gets to 400, which I'm guessing is generally what? 15, 20 minutes after she eats. That fast. Okay. All <laughs> right. So holy, you got me with that one. I didn't expect mm -hmm. that. Okay, hold on. Let's <laughs> not get dizzy. Um, so, so, Okay. So if you're 15, if you're 400, 15 minutes after you ate, are you ever getting low in the two and a half hours after that? Oh, yeah. So you're going up to 400 and then coming back down again. Wrapping. <laughs> Let me get a drink. 
Yeah, I mean, this isn't yeah, going to be easy. She was over sitting steady at 400 high. Right. Granted, could have been. I, I'm. This is my daycare provider. She's heaven. I mean, she was great when Addie was diagnosed. She was at the hospital with us every single day learning. So she is right there with us. And I have the Dexcom where I can see it on my phone at work and watch it. And she was at 400 steady and just dropped straight to 100. Okay. Let me yell at Basil first. Basil, we're doing a podcast. So you got to lay down. It's not okay, buddy. Okay. Now let's get back to that. That's crazy. So you're going from <laughs> you're going from wherever she starts when she eats to four hundred and back to a hundred. And what's the amount of time that takes to happen? Mm. All within an hour. All within an hour. And then yeah. after that first hour, she doesn't get low again or high. No, she sits pretty steady until it's snack time. This. I have to. My end daughter it. is crazy. I'm ending the podcast. I, that's it. This is the last episode. I'm. Uh, you've stumped me. I feel like I've been stumped. <laughs> well, so so she's only real high for a short amount of time. Exactly. All right. Then, if the amount if the amount of insulin you're using is ending you at a hundred, mm-hmm. then I think that your your best bet is to do a bit of a pre bolus and try to get the insulin going prior to it to, to take the spike out. And my husband and I actually did that this weekend. And, and we, we felt extremely happy with it. And um, I, my daycare provider, Tammy, I'm going to throw her name out. Tammy's amazing. What's up, Tammy? <laughs> Tammy, um, I gave her the go-ahead. I said, if you are confident, try it. We were happy with it, the results this weekend. I wasn't doing the whole, okay, is she sitting at a number? Okay, let's do 10 minutes. You know, if she's at 200, let's do it right now, even though it's 30 minutes away. That's a whole other perspective that I'm going to take into consideration, absolutely. But What, what were you getting? What was happening over the weekend with the pre bolses? What was happening to the spike? Um, it'd go up a little bit. I would say it would go up maybe 50. Oh, then that's... And it would go back down. Then this is your answer. I mean, that is, that's 100% oh, yeah. your answer. Oh, then. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, pre-bolusing is something that I I was extremely excited to get to, and just that's why I was like, all right, doctor hasn't said go. I'm just going. Yeah. What would you do in a situation if she never came back down from the 400 and she ate? Do you correct that, or do you sit and watch it till the next meal? I kind of sit and watch it. Okay. Why are we because doing that? My, my theory, and, I, and it's my own theory, I have always just... When we initially found out she had type 1, our, nurse, our first question to our endocrinologist was, all right, so no carbs. Then we don't have to give her insulin. And the doctor looked at me and laughed. And I cardboard. Said, We're eating cardboard from now on. <laughs> That's a common thing. I think a lot of parents are like, all right, fine, no carbs. And the doctor's like, no, she's, she's got to have that you, you, at least three times. So I've got this number three in my head. And I really want to only have her giving herself insulin three times a day. So it's hard for me to really want to say, you get insulin at snack, you can have insulin in your morning snack. I, I, that's just me, but I know it can happen. Yeah, so I would think that over time, that will prove out to be difficult to maintain, unless she goes to a, like a significantly um, light carb lifestyle. Like I would think that would be harder to maintain if you were having you know, carbohydrates, um, uh-huh. because they'll, sometimes they'll burn longer in your body or stay longer and you'll get outside of your bolus and then, you know, y- you'll start to drift up or uh-huh. y- that kind of a thing. I mean, if you go with a, a very low carb lifestyle, I think, I think it's much more doable. Um, yeah, but only if 
everything's low carb. That means like at lunch, you can't have that, you know, grilled cheese sandwich right. because that's not technically low carb. <laughs> not, not if you're hoping to never bolus except for at meals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I've, I've done this a number of times on my blog, but you know, my daughter had pancakes, like big, big pancakes for breakfast the other day and her blood sugar didn't go over 160. Well, yesterday, an example, daycare, she gave her one Girl Scout cookie, uh, the lemon, the lemon flavor, I think, I think. Yeah, the, like the little, uh, icing in the middle. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just a lemonade one. It's just like a little sugar cookie. You're going to make me eat a cookie when we're done. Uh, <laughs> and she was sitting at 105 and we gave her a cookie and that cookie took her all the way up to like 270. I would imagine. 280 for with just that one cookie. So I mean, that's where it's like, do you give her a half shot prior to the cookie? Cause you know, she's going to eat it or do you not? Well, I would say I'm guessing from my perspective, I would say yes. But what happened to the 275 that to just sit there forever? It sat there and then she came home and played. It went down and we had dinner. I gave her what it was. Yeah, so I would definitely say if that was me and uh-huh. I was going to give her a cookie, I would bolus for the 175 points that I knew the cookie was going to make her go up, whatever that uh-huh. ends up being. And I'd wait 10 minutes. And then when I saw the the Dexcom creeping down, I would give her the cookie. As long as we're not running it. I mean, I don't know with pumps. Do you run into stacking? Um, I think that stacking is something that people say that's something that doctors tell people who don't have glucose monitors because you don't want to stack insulin because you'll get low at some point, but you have a glucose monitor. So I can stack away. (laughs) Who who cares? Because, because let's say that you gave bolus for the cookie, the cookie. Now you don't get the spike. And then maybe three hours later she comes home and she plays and she gets a little low. Well, you could give her something else to stop Mm -hmm. that. You know, like, like. And so, and here's my thought, and this is just completely from my perspective. And I'm sorry if people hear me repeating this. You don't have diabetes. Your blood sugar is probably about 85 right now. So 275 is 190 points or almost three times as high as what your blood sugar should be. And so, and, and I know that you're new to this and I don't want to scare the hell out of you. But here's the way I think about it when I'm dealing with my daughter and, and, and knowing that this, this fight is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week thing that we're doing, right, huh. is that when you dump sugar out on the countertop and look at it, it's kind of cube and coarse and sharp. And when you break it down and look at it at its molecular level, it's still sharp and coarse. When people talk about long-term diabetes issues... What they're really saying is when they say I went blind or I can't feel my feet or I had a heart attack or whatever it ends up being, what it really means is there was so much sugar in my blood that my arteries were being scraped on the inside by the excess sugar until it wore a hole through and then I went blind or it wore a hole through and I had a heart attack or it wore wore out my my arteries and my veins until I couldn't feel something or whatever. There was no blood flow, so I couldn't feel my feet anymore. Like you're being sandblasted from the inside out when your blood sugar is too high. So that's how I think about it. When it's three o'clock in the morning and Arden's blood sugar is like sticking at 160 and I can't get it to move and all I want to do is go to sleep or run over myself with a car, I just stay up and I fix it because, because I don't want her blood sugar to be double what mine is. And and so, 
it's a horrible thing. I, what I just said sounds horrible, but it's the truth. And so it's easy to say, I will give her the cookie and three hours later she'll play and it'll come down. But I would prefer in my life, I would prefer to give the insulin, let her have the cookie, keep the blood sugar from spiking. And if she were to get low two hours later, we would readdress it then um, and by bumping it like bumping that line around on the Dexcom. Like that's where you would want to go back and like listen to the episode with like Dr. Ponder, where we talk about just like not like keeping that line from bouncing around, just nudge it up a little bit when it need, when it's a little lower, nudge it down a little bit when it's a little high. And that's harder with shots. Don't get me wrong. You know, hmm. you see 150 blood sugar. If I see 150 blood sugar, I bolus. If you see one, you've got to make the decision. Is this worth sticking a needle in my kid for? Mm-hmm. And so that's a very personal thing and it's not it's certainly i'm not right or wrong you, you know and you're not right or wrong but mm-hmm. what i can tell you is that arden's a1c has been between five nine and six two for three years with that giving you with that idea like not right. not accepting a high blood sugar just pushing it back but it's a lot of work and you're new so i would tell you you're doing great by the way my daughter's blood sugar was 400 a lot when she was first diagnosed mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't get me wrong and doctors have told me, you know, three to three to four months, it's going to stay like that. And it's hard for me to accept that just because it's like, no, I want it. I want it regulated just because I'm a controlling person in some senses. But I also have totally accepted that she's so happy right now. She's OK. And of course, my dad and my mom have been outstanding. They've jumped in full throttle. You know, they they want to do the blood testing. They want to give her the shots because they want to know that I can count on them. And I mean, my dad is like that, that 400 Joanne, that can hurt her eyes, Joanne, that can do. And it's like, I, I understand that, but right now we're trying to control her. Right. Yeah. Joanne, I would bet just having talked to you for literally under 40 minutes. Now, if your daughter was magically wearing an insulin pump today, mm-hmm. you, you would almost experience a 180 degree shift in how you're thinking about this. Just being able to do insulin without shots, I can hear in your voice like you would you would start to embrace the rest of it very very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just you're you're I don't want to say you're limited right now because there are a lot of people who are not you know I know people who don't mind giving themselves twenty shots a day if that's what they need, right? And they they'll make these bump arounds no problem. I also know how hard it is to stick a needle at a two year old. It's not the most fun thing in the world. You, you know, know the you know. best part is is that when you do with my daughter. She's she little. just she counts on her fingers like she'll tap her fingers because we count to ten together. Right. And she'll tap with her fingers. She'll oh. just look at you and she'll tap. She's getting. There's on. no tears. That's There's so no fussing. Cool. Good for her. That's excellent. Uh, well, yeah. so so my point is is that is that I'm with your dad. <laughs> but, <laughs> me and your dad are on the same. I'm not going to let him listen to this. <laughs> You're not going to let him listen to it. What's his name? Chris. I'm on team Chris. And so <laughs> it, it just and and. Listen, you are too. You're just you're just in the middle of the fight. You don't have the you don't have the the luxury of walking in like your dad does once a week and going, I don't think this is right. Like you're living mm-hmm. through it twenty four hours a day. You're the one who's, you know, worried about other things, like not dying because you're not asleep. Like you, you want to sleep, but you need to sleep. She needs right. to sleep. Like there's a lot more going on for you. What right. I would what I would say is that I think that over time all these experiences just build on each other and you just get better and better and better and better at it. And you already have the most important thing, which is sort of the attitude and the confidence. 
Uh-huh. You, you know, like I think you'll you'll find yourself probably every couple of months looking back and going, I can't believe I used to think that. Or I can't believe we used to do it that way because now mm-hmm. I now I do this because I figured something else out. You, and that you know. is what stinks with me. I'm such a um, a schedule person. I'm really OCD, and the idea of constant changes is what's making me a whole new person. Yeah, it is constant change every single day. Something's different. Yep. And I would tell you that I was almost the opposite and still helped in the same way. Like I'm such a fluid person. Like I can just go with anything mm-hmm. and I was not regulated at all. So I got a little more of the regulation of diabetes in me and that helped me too. You'll get mm-hmm. a little more of the fluidness in you and that'll help you. you Absolutely. You, you know, so neither way is a great way to live. Like I'm, you know, my example always is, is that, it, you know, I've been a stay-at-home dad for 16 years. If if I got up in December and it was 56 degrees outside, I was like, we're going to the zoo. When's it ever 56 degrees in December? You know, mm-hmm. and I would drop everything I was doing and not think of anything. And now my, you know, my life's not quite that simple, but I learned how to make it like that again, but still mm-hmm. have like regulation. And you are probably you are probably trying to hold the ocean in your hands and that's not going to work either. Like you mm-hmm. you can't really this is diabetes is not something you can set a schedule for and expect it to, to adhere to the schedule. But if you stay flexible to what's happening, then, then you can make it seem like it's sticking to a schedule. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but you'll get the blood sugars you're looking for. You, You know, it's, it's, it's really, it really is odd how the only thing that really makes you better at it is time dealing with it. And as long as you're willing to keep learning about it as it goes, that's always going to be super valuable. And that seems like what you're doing. Yeah, I'm not giving myself, I I have yet to Google anything. I'm not going to lie. I have not gotten on Google. Um, I have done all my learning via friends, JDRF, podcast, of course. I mean, everything has just been what's driven me to be like, okay, I can do this. Because there's other moms out there doing it. And dads. Not just moms, dads too. I would tell you 10 years ago, you know, I, I didn't look at all. But if, if I would have looked, there would have been nothing to see. Because I don't have the oldest diabetes mm-hmm. blog on the on the internet. There's a, a handful of them that are a year or a year and a half or so older than mine. But there just weren't a lot. You, you know, nobody was, nobody was talking about it in ways that you could find. I'm sure there were message boards I didn't know about and stuff like that back then. But... But now you can really find people really easily and have these conversations and, and pick their brains and stuff like that. I think it's a it's a real it's a real value. But having said that, I didn't do any of that. I hid my house and watched my daughter and got back information and made sense of it and made changes until it got better and better and better. It was slow going without the technology. Um, it got much easier when we got the Omnipod, mm-hmm. and then after that we got a Dexcom and it got. You know, it got much, much easier again. And and then all those, you know, all those experiences I had, I suddenly had ways to really put them into practice. That's the best part. This technology has, I think, also been a really big strength for me of just carrying us of like, all right, once we get that Omnipod, which is technically in two weeks, we're getting our trial for the week. Oh, cool. Here comes the Omnipod after that, of course. But I have not hesitated to throw myself into the technology. No, you're doing, listen, I, I, you're doing great. And why would you, listen, people can do whatever they want. I'm absolutely not coming down on anybody. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't want to be the guy who like, is like, oh, well, we do it like this. And somebody says, oh, that's how they did it 10 years ago. You know, and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. And I don't want to change 
for mm-hmm. no reason either. But when mm-hmm. something makes sense, it makes sense. You, you know, absolutely. Um, and so, cool. I'll, I'm gonna after we're done, I'm gonna have to ask you did how you how how did you find the process of um, of the demo pod? But I'll, I'll talk to you about that later. So okay. so um, okay so. All right, so you're in a good place. You're not freaking out when you see high blood sugars, which is huge because I have in the past, and I've heard many other people talk about you just beating themselves up over and over again. You're you're not getting involved in that, which is great because because the, the you know the unspoken excuse me the unspoken part of this is that you can't be a good provider, caregiver, and mom to your daughter if you're wrecked. You know what I mean? If you're if you're mentally a mess, if you're exhausted, none of this is going to matter. So right. you, you have to really take care of yourself. There's there's a balance you you have to strike pretty quickly, um, and not freaking out about stuff that you know, like a blood sugar getting out of hand is is a really good first step. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for you. And and you're also starting to wonder about like other things. I would say. It's so hard to even like we all the way back, we started talking about your high threshold on your Dexcom and I wanted to tell you to push it down because you want to be able to make a, make an adjustment, but it sounds like she's shooting up and coming right back again. I think your adjustment is your pre-bolus or your pre-injection, not so much the top. But having said that, after the Girl Scout cookie example, I would have, I would have liked to have seen you give her insulin for the cookie. So that's where a lower high threshold, like, I don't know where you would start, maybe at 180 and, and like ours is at 140, but at like at 180, you could say to yourself, Oh wow, she's 180. I don't want her to be that high. Oh, she's sitting there. I could give her a little insulin here and bring this down. And this is where the shout out to my daycare goes to Tammy. She wanted to do it. Good for her. And I, I said, no, but <laughs> she's going to win next time. I don't know. <laughs> Next time you're going to be like, I'm the listening. The only reason I said no is because I honestly wanted to see the data. Yeah. I wanted to see what does that cookie do to her. But what would you do if it happened again tomorrow? I would give her the shot. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Have an experience, see, learn like, from it, make an it, adjustment. Is that okay? Is it okay? To sure, it's okay. As a trial and error of like, oh, we're going to watch you go high. But- I don't I don't think it's just okay. <laughs> I think that there's no way else to figure it out. Okay. Right? And I mean, that's one of the things that I feel like us new moms just need to know that it is okay. Don't think you're sitting here using your child as a test dummy because you're not technically doing that. You're just trying to say what works best for your child. Without any experience, you can't make a decision. Exactly. Like so, and so, look, I don't want I don't want your kid's blood sugar to be two seventy five. But if it needs to be two seventy five once so that you can figure out how to handle a cookie, mm-hmm. then good. But just don't. You know, just don't be the person who watches it happen 10 times before you can talk yourself into it. Once you see a pattern, believe it. Believe the pattern. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. And, and and go from there. Like, so, all right, ready? Let's see. Um, Arden's blood sugar. We did a pre-bolus at 1225, and it's 1252. My math is a little rough, but that's right around a half an hour. And what's your blood sugar? You can guess. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. See, that's hard for me to guess. I would guess 136. 115. Oh, so I was, I was were, too high. <laughs> you were too good. Wait till you see how good you're going to be at um, guessing blood sugars. Like, I don't even need Darden to test anymore. I'm like, test your blood sugars so that I can see you're 160 like I think you are. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, actually, I'm sorry. Just adjusted. We're 110 with a stable arrow. So that's wait to get to that between 100 and 200 mark. <laughs> but it's it's it, listen little tiny kid, little amounts of insulin, you know, uh, 
the, the different foods are going to hit you really hard. Like, you know, the filling in that cookie was probably your downfall, you know, like, like, like that kind of thing. But you also don't want your kid to grow up never having a Girl Scout cookie. So no. you'll figure it out. I also want to let her, she needs to know, all right, I'm at 105. I can give myself a cheese stick. I can eat a pickle. She loves pickles. You know, I can eat a pickle instead and have my snack without my number being affected at all. You're going to learn so much in the in the coming years. I always want to tell people too that it, it sometimes it feels like it takes forever, but it doesn't really. Like you, 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 if you're really paying attention to it, you pick it up a lot quicker than you imagine you're going to. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, how are you? Um, let's see. What are my other questions? Are you and your husband fighting? <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't want to get you in trouble. I'm not going to lie. This has been a trial and tribulation for my husband and I. Of course. Yeah. Um, I definitely took this head on. When we were at the hospital, I had one one cry, and that was the initial cry when they checked her blood sugar, and it was at 492, and doctors were saying DKA, and I had no idea what DKA was. No idea. So that was my one moment, and I think when my husband initially found out and heard that type 1 diagnosis, he immediately said, this is my fault. What did we do? What did I do? Oh, uh, well, that's terrible. Why did he think that? I, I think that's that initial thought of when you hear diabetes, and that's where people don't understand the difference between type 1 and type 2. And I had a great health teacher, I think, in high school because I knew the difference. And I asked my husband later on, I said, Did, do you know the difference? And he said, no. And I was like, I know we all had health class in high school. I had a stellar <laughs> health teacher, or at least I listened pretty well. <laughs> I would say this. I would say that most parents find a way in their head to feel like it's their fault. Exactly. You, you know, so I would have this like, like burning feeling like I did something like wrong. Like I took her out in public and she got sick or something and it, it opened her up to the situation and, and that's right. not true or it is true. And who the heck would know, you know, my wife, there's a lot of endocrine issues on my wife's side of the family, no type one, but like other endocrine issues. She's like, Oh, it's obviously my fault. It's, exactly. it's kind of no one's fault. You and know. It's, it's not, it's not anybody's fault right. at all. Right. It's it, just life. And, it is. Yeah. And, and it's just, you just, you just are with a very unlucky winners of a lottery that no one wants to have a ticket in. That's and it's, all. he's now finally, you know, eight weeks in, just this weekend, I um, put Addie in a swimsuit because we went outside to go swimming and she, we change her diaper and you give her a diaper and she puts her diaper in the garbage. And he just looks at her and he goes, she's going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, hey. that's, he just said that out loud and I said, absolutely. I mean, not the fact that she can put her own diaper away, but <laughs> no, but but <laughs> they, they learn okay. stuff. Tell, tell your husband that there are countless, countless, countless people living very well with type one diabetes all the mm -hmm. time, and they're, they're and doing he great. Knows that yeah. I, it's his baby girl, and it's the idea of having a daughter who has an incurable disease right now. Because <laughs> you know, I wholeheartedly think in her generation, there's going to be something that comes up. So, listen. At the very least, before she's even in school, uh, an artificial pancreas setup would make a lot of this insanely easier. Oh, I know. And what what keeps me going at the same time too, and this is also for my cousin, is she gets to grow up knowing nothing different. And I can see where it's hard for those children who are diagnosed at twelve, and they were able to have a soda, they were able to have a piece of cake and not have any problems with it. Well, my daughter gets to see it right away, right here, right now. 
and doesn't have to grow up and have something taken from her. There's no before to, to miss. Exactly. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for the most part, I, I think I agree with that. I mean, Arden was two, so I don't think she has a before to miss. It still doesn't stop her from, you know, she can see how other people live. So exactly. she's still yep. a little like, Hey, this sucks. Right. And, you know, I know she was at a, um, what was she at the other night? Somebody's house. It was a part. It was a birthday party though. It wasn't a house. It was at a park. It was in a nearby park. And these girls were having a birthday party and I struggled with their blood sugar a little bit and it was high and we were really pouring insulin on. So like, you know, a lot of insulin remotely and, and I was just getting it to come down and it was coming down and she's like, they're having cupcakes. And I was like, of course they are. That's perfect. (laughs) And so, so I tried the can you just bring the cupcake home with you and eat it like an hour from now? And she's like, I just want to be normal and eat the cupcake. And I was like, right on. And then I gave her this crazy bolus. Like, you know, like her blood sugar was, it sucked when she got there. It was so perfect. It was just a little low and we nudged it with something and I didn't correct it enough. So it just jumped up on her. And then she's like two fifty. And I go to push it, but she's out in the heat and she's probably getting dehydrated and the insulin's not working. I'm shoving more and more. I'm texting her. I'm like, do it again, do it again. Units and units of insulin. It's not moving. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when she's going to have food, I'm like, okay, let's just bolus crazy here and move it. And so we get it down. It's, it's dropping. It's like, you know, two, I think she was like 210 diagonal down. I was like, oh, we're going to be great in like a half an hour. And then she's like cupcake. And I was like, all right. So I think a cupcake normally, you know, I'm eyeballing it. I would have given her about three and a half units for the cupcake. And I was like, bowl of six units and go ahead and eat the cupcake. You, you know, and then like two hours later, her blood sugar was fine. But I was just like, all right, you're right. Just eat the cupcake. You know, exactly. I'm not, not going to, what are we going to do? You, you not know worth I mean? the fight. We have th- a way to correct it. We yeah, have yeah, a way to- yeah. I'm just not going to make her throw away a cupcake at a birthday party or be the one who's bringing it home. Is like, I can eat it later because of my diet. Like I just mm-hmm. was like, just eat it. And here's what we'll do, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I listen, you're more together than I am. And I've been at this for like a decade. So, you know, I like to hear that, but it's like, sometimes I'm, am I? And I, you know, I see people saying they're, they're in a numb phase you know, I see that on the diabetes Facebook groups and it makes me sad because it's like, are you really numb or are you just learning to accept it? Is there a difference between being numb and saying I'm okay? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it, it might just be what you call it. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I think it's just a, a matter of your, what perspective you, you mm-hmm. put yourself into. It, you just might've had more experiences in your life that opened you up to being able to adjust your perspective more quickly. And other people okay. will find it in their own time too. But I I like what I like how you're like I like how you're thinking about it. I like how you're doing. Like there was a part when you first started talking, I was like, oh my god, this woman has her 18 month old blood sugars are like at 110, and then you're like, they're like 400 sometimes, and I was like, oh wow, oh okay, <laughs> and you're still all good about it. I was like, good for you. I didn't expect that, you know. So you surprised me a little bit. That was kind of excellent. And at the same time, I'm not like I don't feel like not that it's my place, but I don't feel like I have to tell you, hey, those blood sugars aren't okay because you don't want them there and you're going to, you're, you sounds like you're finding ways to stop it. So right. I, I don't like them. I, I kind of accept them and I know I can't attack it full throttle because there's still a little girl on the other end of that. I mean, she's, I don't want to upset her and send her up and down and all over the place. The only thing I would say to you, I mean, if you were, if you were, if you looked at me and said, Scott, tell me one thing you think I should do that I'm not doing. 
I would say I would correct high blood sugars. That's and I'm all about it. And it I, sounds like you're doing that anyway. So yeah, well, you we're know, jumping that bandwagon. We jumped it a little bit slow just to see. Okay, do we really get this? And we do. Makes sense. That We've makes sense. It, eight so. weeks. You're talking about eight weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Please stop. We're it. on our eighth week right now. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have your own podcast. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to be my own welcome committee. I want so many moms out there because it is just so hard for this new moms that I don't think there's enough for new parents when they first find out. Yeah, I know. It's such a personalized thing. It's hard to like, you know, trust me as a person who's had a blog for Hmm. nine years, like it's so hard to just succinctly put something together. That's like, this is what you should see. I just think it doesn't work that way. I think you just have to have experiences and you have to have people share their experiences with you. And it takes a little bit of time and like it or not huge life shifting adjustments like this. There's no instruction manual for it. you. Don't get, get to read, you know, you don't get to read the frequently asked questions page of diabetes and just be like, Oh, right on. I got it. Yep. That's yeah. where hashtag one step in front of the other comes ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just do my best. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. The hour flew by. You're fantastic. Um, I, I, um, I just want to ask you one question at the end here. So you said you were getting a demo pod from Omnipod. Correct. Did you hear about that through the podcast? Um, actually I did not. My doctor office endocrinologist, they basically require us to do a trial as parents. Right. Sure. And, um, my doctor immediately said, I want her doing Omnipod just because of the type of act- activity she is and how much of a parent as we throw ourselves in. So she said, you guys would be ideal for Omnipod. That's excellent. That's great. So the, the, the doctor set you up with a demo then? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yep. great. Good for you. Yeah. God, listen, I wanted to take credit for it, but I can't take credit for everything. That's I'm sorry. Just, no, it's not your fault. <laughs> it was cool that you guys are big, big supporters, and uh, it's nice to see that that's a big sponsor for you. Uh, my ego got in the way there for a second. It's fine. Yeah, I mean... It's a- <laughs> <laughs> the Omnipod, I just have seen so many positive things that I am very anxious to see it move forward in Addie's life. So Cool. No, I think you're going to have a great time with it. I really do. I mean, the, the again, I've said this a million times, and I don't know how people would believe me or not. Like, I'm not going to take an ad from, like, you know, just anything and tell you that it works for diabetes. I couldn't just, you know, like if, if Animus, I'm sure Animus makes a great pump, but if they wanted to, if they wanted to, you know, buy an ad in the show, I would certainly let them buy an ad in the show, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to give you any personal, mm-hmm. you know, re- references about it. And, but with Omnipod, I can tell you that, you know, I, we've just been really thrilled with it for countless years. So I'm excited. Yeah. Good for you. That's excellent. Oh, all right. Well, Joanne, I don't know what we're going to call this episode, but I'll figure that out at some point. And when I put it up, I will let you know. And um, awesome. I don't know exactly when that'll be, but it should probably be in the next month or so. Outstanding. Joanne, thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thank you, Joanne, for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing Adeline's story. Thank you to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode. If you're enjoying the Juicebox podcast, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Most importantly, if the podcast is helping you and you think it can help somebody else, tell them about it. Share the Juicebox podcast. Share your Juicebox. Don't bogart the Juicebox.